0: I just want to say, this is a comment I saw on a YouTube video earlier that I, that I highlighted here. It says, same propaganda after 9-11, invisible enemy, everyone is suspect it can happen to you at any moment, continuous praise of heroes and give up your rights for safety. And I'm not saying that there aren't differences, don't get me wrong. And if we buy the mainstream narrative about the virus, obviously you have to take it seriously and protect yourself. But I think there is a breakdown with um, the idea that it's, there's all these carriers that are asymptomatic and then these these kind of um just protections for show like a fucking temperature check you know the other thing is that the w8 or sorry the unesco has a convention on bioethics and human rights from 2005 and i love this and it's like there's a kind of a human rights principle that you own your body um you know and that there's like kind of a Outside of your body is where like the invasiveness stops and then there's this zone that is kind of your privacy And there's even a principle in like Supreme Court jurisprudence about like these zones of privacy And I'm really interested to see where like the the court cases go Because there's going to be court cases and lawsuits and it's really exciting like I want to get some hardcore rulings that Oh that 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 you that convention that UNESCO convention on bioethics it has as a principle that diagnostic any kind of medical examination, whether it's for diagnosis or treatment or I forgot the other other type of medical examination. You have to have what's called informed consent. And a lot of times you hear people say, oh, that's the Nuremberg trials. Well, it's true in Nuremberg. They also talk about consent, informed consent, but only for medical experimentation and so, but the the UNESCO Convention from two thousand and five is specific to diagnostics, and I do think there's this kind of fundamental principle of human rights and privacy and control of your body that that I really am strongly in favor of protecting just for everybody's sake because it's just too dangerous to to start chipping away at that like like um anyhow just just to, just as a sign uh, a- up a- amen that.
1: amen because I, I think. If you know, I think like the even if this is a really severe illness, uh, I I think that would be to 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 fight it with the measures of like we're fucking microchipped and we're fucking scanned at every fucking checkpoint and whatever is so goddamn far from any world I want to live in like there that 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 just is not on the table for me as anything even remotely acceptable
0: yeah, me either and build it out for people that want to do it but like don't make it man like people that don't want it they should be able to you know we, right. should, we should have our own infrastructure and just yeah you don't want to like there's
1: to every year you know every every year every place you go Get your flu shot at the supermarket, get your flu shot at CVS, get your flu shot here, there, wherever, you know, at Target, whatever the fuck. The propaganda and, and just and I mean that in the most explicit way of like the marketing of you have to get your flu shot every year. That message and the availability of it is such that it's really widespread within the population, but it doesn't have to be mandatory. If it was something yeah. like that, we're like, hey, if you're really concerned about getting coronavirus, you got a weakened immune system or you got whatever, we are all, can offer you this vaccine. Sure. Sure. Bill Gates makes his money. This person feels safe. Fine. But the point at which it's a mandated, you don't have a choice for sticking this in you, whether it's a, a vaccine or a tracking mechanism. I don't even like that. You know, I don't like scanning your body. I get, I get. It's 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 non-invasive, um, but it is philosophically invasive. Um, but they're talking, like, you know, like drones and security cameras. So there is again talking about the security, police state, the uh, the just military industrial complex. There is a um, packages being offered by like hey. We do security systems to track, you know, who's walking in and out with its facial recognition or all these sorts of things on security cameras. Now we're going to add this heat scanning component that we can sell as an add-on. And, oh, you can update all these facial recognition systems around the country to now include heat scanning so we can see if you have a temperature. Oh, here comes someone with a fever. But here's the deal. Like last year, there was probably two times I had a fever for other illnesses, right? Do I have to, do I have to, like, if I get a fever, am I in quarantine for 14 days? Am I? That's absurd. Yeah, it's It's totally absurd.
0: absurd. And this, just two quick points. This might sound a little right-wing, but it's funny. I think you'll get it. I'm not advocating, you know, any kind of right-wing thing. But you remember when Alex Jones used to talk about, and others, about the global carbon tax regime that was Uh offered in place of the, you know, to combat climate change? and that it it was effectively a tax on your exhalation. Mm. And he would do that on air. And it's scary, right? I mean, I'm all for, look, I mean, setting it aside that whole debate. I mean, just in the abstract, the idea that a taxing regime would want to basically, as soon as you're born and that first cry, that should be taxed because you exhale it. Like, that's scary, just in, in the abstract, all right? But I think that the COVID thing is similar to that, where it's like, this is normal. Fevers are normal. I just had a little temperature, you know, a couple times the last three months because like, I had uh, some food. Uh, I ate some bad food on the street. I think I mentioned that the other time. And my body naturally brought a fever up to heal me. And so it's like outlawing the natural body. Like, I'm just talking on a level of the abstract. That's not okay, you know. Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to say was like this idea of Trump as the 3D chess or 4D chess master. I saw this today and I don't buy that, by the way, but okay. you know, he had this whole this whole row about the injections of, of injecting disinfectant that came out. And, and then all of like the the, the mainstream left or really how much everybody was like, dude, this dude's nuts. If you look at the vaccine ingredient, formaldehyde is like one of the most common adjuvants. And you go to Wikipedia, it's actually listed. This is a disinfectant. The is a disinfectant. And that's in a lot of the vaccines. So it's this kind of weird joke that like the same people that are saying Trump. And I don't I think that was stupid. I mean, I don't think Trump meant it this way. But it's just kind of this sick kind of humor and this irony of it all that like the vaccine. And I don't even. Look, the vaccine thing. I'm I'm really not even trying to go there. I just think this is funny. But basically, you're injecting yourself with a disinfectant. <laughs> you know, right? In, uh, well, so that,
1: I, I'm with you. I literally, you know, that day, I just sat there and I looked at the screen. I said, "Okay, so everyone that considers themselves a Trump supporter is upset that they would get injected by this crazy chemical compound from Bill Gates, and everyone who's not a Trump supporter." is upset that this man would want to inject them with these crazy chemicals. And it's like, obviously, and again, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's maybe too, uh, to compare those so literally would imply like, no, I'm not, I'm not anti-science. You know, I understand that there are, there are other compounds and all that sort of stuff. I'm just saying that realization like hit me pretty hard. I'm like, Oh, you're literally, that's two quote unquote sides arguing for, very similar things and that idea of having the the mainstream protest what he said only to find right that it's that if you are a trump supporter all you have to do is to, or you're an, you're an anti-vaxxer or whatever you all you have to do is turn around and say hey there's disinfectants in these not so crazy now is it and suddenly trump seems like a genius or or your point is made or, yeah. it's crazy I mean, it's really crazy. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a, uh, yeah, the whole vaccine thing. I don't, um, it's a, such a huge, huge issue. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to get lost there. I, um, but I, I, again, the idea of like a voluntary basis, um, and some, some common sense, uh, implementation is a, is a, something I have zero issue with. Um,
0: that's for basically the extent I'm willing to say. I mean, yeah, I just think yeah. you should you don't take them if you don't want to, and if you do, do. And that's leave it. Let's leave it at that. You know, and I don't think there's any problem. I I think that's the most rational thing. Um, anyhow, I'm trying to think. What was it? One other one thing, thing I thought did.
2: was weird or about that whole narrative is: has anybody, like, over the past five years, there's like a small segment of like alternative people uh, supporting the M- MMS sub- supplement. And I don't know, cliff high is one just totally rips this apart and says that that's horrible to ingest. It's a form of, of, uh, chlorine, I believe. And it's, I don't know, it sounds bogus. And, uh, but, uh, it just kind of, t- it's, it's like that, uh, Trump thing taps into some of these sub that, uh, have been out there, um, That said, I do think the UV light is, I I heard that that was a part of what he said. I didn't actually hear what he said, but he, I, UV light, I mean, we use that to kill bacteria in, uh, um, water, uh, for growing plants and, uh,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I think that, actually, yeah, that, that is a treatment. There are internal, um, UV, treatments for other things. And I think malaria might even be one of the things, uh, again, this sort of weird oh, yeah. connection to malaria. Um,
2: I, I know Madonna made news for using a IV ozone, uh, infusion thing that I've heard is b- a friend in the UK told me is like really big in, in healing circuit, uh, like, uh, rich people healing.
1: Well, so the, OK, I want to go back. If, if you don't mind, I want to go back a little bit to this uh, comparison to 2012 is to say that uh, to me, 2012 had this weird flavor of everyone's kind of a conspiracy. Like politically, they're a conspiracy theorist. Health wise, they're like hippies, <laughs> you know, like it's this like psychedelic conspiracy overlap. And the sort of like quasi new age, quasi quasi like health movement overlap of people who want, it's literally, it's that alternative, right? If I am the, uh, am I the alternative, I'm a health enthusiast or I'm a conspiracy theorist, I'm whatever, all these sorts of things, um, that overlap. And I think I actually had read something recently about Trump has met, oh, I know, fucking Bob Dobbs. I don't know if you know that is. He like so he sells this sort of like tonic, I don't know, it's not MMS, but I know what you're talking about, Dennis. Um but again, it's none of these like sort of snake oil health supplement things. And apparently the woman who works with him on that met with Trump like in February while they're talking about coronavirus treatments. Wow, he was, he was sharing on his Facebook page saying, hey. I told you guys about this supplement that I take and how great it is. And now this lady met with Donald Trump and they're going to talk about, they're talking about utilizing some of her ideas. And I've been telling you about this and now the president even agrees with me. He was using that as like a marketing thing. So if there's any truth to that, I don't know. That's his claim that this is his fucking person and she met with Trump in February about coronavirus treatments. That again is tapping into the sort of this, it, it, to me, there's, it's not that separate from the patriot libertarian uh, pandering to that crowd. It kind of goes hand in hand with these alternative medical treatments as well. Did, I don't want to totally lump them together, but just, do you get what I mean by that?
0: I, I mean, I'll just say there's certainly a uh, that's a part of the business model. For anybody that's in that movement, if you're in the media, once you get a big enough audience, that's a just like an income stream as you just start selling alternative health products. And I'm of the opinion that some of them are probably okay, and then some of them get quite insane. And it's kind of like the, the storable food, you know, that same thing. Where it's like, well, now that might have been good to have some storable food, like that month's supply, you know. But it wasn't good for the last 10 years. You know, it would have gone bad, you know. Um, But, um, you know, I'm I'm for the medical industrial complex, I think, is a killer in this country. And I think it's one of the worst things about America, actually, is that that medical industrial complex kills people for money. And and it's and it's sanctioned by the medical by the, uh, you know, uh, what is it? The medical for. Trade group, the AMA, and all of the the whole system is built, or it's a Rockefeller built system to kill people. That's how I see it, you know, because I've had family members get those treatments and overdose and bad prescriptions, and you know. And so I think that I'm for the opening up to these alternatives, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, a charlatan's a charlatan, a snake oil a snake oil man, Sna- snake oils salesman is a snake oil salesman, and you got to be careful, you know, got to be careful out there do your research
2: I think part of it too is that there are certain technologies that have just been that really are cordoned off so I do think there is a number of light-oriented things that are just not allowed and uh uh but I agree with you S.J. and uh I don't I'm I you know I'm tired of this this system I've Spent all my life trying to stay out of the, the that and keep my fa- family members out of it, and I'm sick of it. Um, but yeah,
0: yeah, I I'm what sure. What are you prepared to you... do about that, Dennis? No, I'm just gonna. <laughs> How far are you willing to go to fight it? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm seeing a lot of that. Call to arms <laughs> in the alternative right now. So just you sound no, a oh, really? Yeah. Good. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah oh, good. So, are you oh, seeing sorry, a lot I'm... of that, SJ? Are you seeing a lot of like more like? militant language being used
0: i am absolutely and it's not only amongst the left and the right so Mm -hmm. like jimmy Dore is like i said all about direct action now he's like i'm done with elections fuck this shit they're all fucking scam bernie's a scam the squad's a scam they're gonna cheat you because they all came out and supported biden and so now all he's saying is he's having direct action planning after direct action planning like how to organize the strikes and so that's a form of the militant. And you mentioned him; I am
1: familiar with him, and he does have a following. So.
0: Big following. I mean, the guy's—he's hugely influential, and um, and I, I I like him a lot. He's principled, and um, so there's on the left there's this shift to like direct strikes, and then on the right I'm seeing um, all over this talk of like the technocracy. People are afraid of the mandatory vaccines and the technocracy and losing their businesses, like you said. And there's like this this veiled thing where like they'll just say, listen, over my dead body, inject me over my dead body. Like if I have to, you kind of come inject my kids, I'm going to kill you. Basically, they're saying like people over and over again are saying that I just watched a clip of this Irish lawyer who they had a court case in Ireland. And he came out of the courtroom into a crowd of probably 200, 200 Irish people. And he was like, we will fight you to the death. And they all started cheering. And it's over vaccine freedom and the same thing. They're protesting the lockdowns. And these are like Irish and Irish movement. I do think there's a kind of an authentic freedom movement there that's useful. Um, I don't think it should be connected to a Trump candidacy. That's certainly
1: insane and crazy. Well, right? so it's interesting. Right. So I again, I, I, I trace this back. This is kind of um, the, the the crux of my my concern. There is a true spirit there. Again, we could talk about how um, Alex Jones started off common sense and was principled and saying, "Hey, this is bad under Bush. It's bad under this. It's whatever." Um, I think a, a lot of these ideas and a lot of like the motivating factors are absolutely authentic. Um, and even even like the medical stuff i i don 't know if, how many of you guys know this. I was a pharmacy technician for about eight years, and I left that industry disgustedly like i I um just kind of kept butting heads with many of the the things we 're dealing with here I was trying to encourage moving away from these really dangerous chemicals that are prescribed and are the the whole pharmaceutical industry is disgusting um i was uh, that was my career and that was my original career um so i i'm with you on a lot of these like the authentic health movement the authentic freedom movement however what ends up happening the same way like but you must use sanders as an example sanders is a node he's a he's he's a processing point he's a he's a figurehead jimmy Dore is a figure point um we sort of you want to have this kind of movement. So you're like, all right, well, I wanted to make this change. Here's 20 people over there. And they're all trying to make something a pretty similar change to me. All right, I'm going to go be number 21 and we'll work together. And all these sorts of things. And I feel like um, people have, if we keep saying this, idea of heard mentality. People are being herded into different camps, different groups, different political ideologies. And I'm not saying that people don't aren't um, have sincere. Con- so, again, I actually ha- I have a weird sympathy for these protesters at the moment. And just just that whole the ideology, again, of like, anti- <clears throat> you know, it's my body, my choice. <clears throat> Massive sympathy. But I also think it's really important to consider how you're being used. <clears throat> Excuse me.
0: I guess I got it. I guess I got it. Sorry, guys, I'm gone. It's funny. One of the, I <coughs> there's, a, I've seen this guy Max Egan. He's he's a strange cat, and I I've, I I've, I've, I'll pop in and see what he's saying periodically. This Australian guy, but he's been doing these um, blogs where he's like walking in nature, and, and he'll cough occasionally, and they go, like, "Oh, sorry, that's COVID, guys. I've got the COVID." You know, <laughs> he said <says, laughs> Just that same joke. It's always funny. I always, always crack up on, uh, about it. But yeah, that's a perfect thing. I like 100% agree. How are you being used? And like, use that vehicle. If a vehicle emerges, like a Bernie or a Jimmy Dore, or whoever, like, like use that boat. Get to the other side. But you also have to be prepared to quickly discard it if that boat ceases to be, like, useful. Like. And this is the argument for Obama. I mean, I didn't vote for Obama, um, but I voted for Cynthia McKinney. But I mean, like, yeah, Obama—the symbol of kind of, um, I guess, progress in terms of um, maybe equality, you know, for the different, the different uh, skin colors, you know, like that's that's you can't and that is big. Like, it just it's a symbol, you know. But you got to be able to discard that pretty quickly when there's like bailouts and seven wars in seven years and like. Like, you can hold both at the same time, I think, you know. Um, And, you know, for me, it's like I can also not support. I can't. I don't vote anymore. I decided after the integrity of elections to me was shown to not exist. I just said, fuck it. I'm not going to do this is a a sham. I went the George Carlin route. But I'll acknowledge, like, look, an Iran deal. That seems like a pretty good idea. Like, let's not go to nuclear war with Iran. Okay, good. Sign me up. Like, I'll give you credit for that. All right. Um, what has Trump done? I mean, I don't know what. Does Trump, I mean, there's not something he's done. I can't think of anything right now. But maybe there's oh the prisons. He let a bunch of people out of prison, like they had really bad um, uh, sentences. I think he there was some progress with some of that Senate that prison uh, sentence reform in the federal prisons that Trump did that Obama wouldn't even do. You know. So
1: wait, are you talking about presidential pardons?
0: No, he he changed the yeah he pardoned and let go of Trump prison reform federal. Uh, let's see here, where like a lot of these um, uh, the First Step Act. So the formerly incarcerated reenter society, transform safety, transitioning every person act. I believe that's what it was. Um, it's the most significant criminal justice reform. This is Vox, the most significant criminal justice reform. Uh, in years. And it was like it was lauded by a lot of critics of the prison industrial complex. Like, I think um, Kanye West's wife helped Trump with this. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, point is, like, you know, I, I'm just with you. Like, we got to be quick to give people credit. And, but at the same time, like, be a, you can be a hard critic. Without like, b- drinking the Kool-Aid. Let's put it that way. Like you can go hang out with Jim Jones, sing a little bit, and like feel some spirituality without drinking the Kool-Aid. Maybe that's a bad analogy because he he isolated all those people down in Guyana. But um, I just think it's an important point. Just kind of wear it like a loose blanket, and you know, people they they want to put you in a corner, and they being just people in general. Like it's either all or nothing. You have to choose with us or against us. And I, I don't think that... I think we got to reject that uh, abso- like at every level,
1: you know. So that and being there, said, there in all the footage... SJ, uh, if I may, in all the footage of the protests that I've seen, and I've looked at a lot, the one commonality is there's a lot of Trump signs, a lot of Trump flags, Trump campaign ads, and things like that. So they the, the, the message is certainly that this is a pairing, that... Trump is a supporter of these movements and these people are supporters of Trump. And I just want to say the same way as I would warn, like, let's say, like, Doug's kind of like middle road Democrat, maybe more. And I'm saying, hey, be really careful about Biden. I would say to you, since you got a foot in the conspiracy crowd and this sort of swim in these waters, is be very careful. Um, If you even if you don't necessarily align with if you or if you don't align with Trump, be aware that you're really being put into a situation where you're, you're being affiliated with him. If you don't want to be, you have to be clear about that. Just as I'm, and, and I'm, okay. I'm not necessarily plotting that at you. I'm just sort of, I, ha- I want to express that sort of concern um, that I think a lot of the alternative um, and activists and all these sorts of things need to not so much like, "Hey, choose your alliances or state your alliances." I just mean like, if you don't want to be, be aware that you are being put into that pile. Do with that information as you will, I suppose. But,
0: yeah, no, and I, I one hundred percent agree. I think it's you got to repudiate. I mean, this guy's he's he's the figurehead for empire. I mean. I mean come on it's like so yeah I 100% agree with you these are dangerous waters I don't think if I would I wouldn't first of all go to one of those things maybe I would I don't like generally crowds like that I would probably try to show my protests like not wearing a mask like walking in a park or something and I try to be generally respectful now it's I think it's evidence of uh, the fracturing we've talked about like I'm really pessimistic I don't see a way out of the fracturing I think the media landscape is too powerful like it's the, the technology of smartphones and social media and being able to isolate everybody and deliver a message, it's just too efficient and powerful, that I have zero hope uh, that there's going to be a united, like you are talking earlier about um, Occupy Wall Street uniting with the so-called, maybe the early form of the Ron Paulian and Tea Party before it became this kind of racialized bullshit. And uh, it kills me
1: thing. every time I hear the Tea Party described as this AstroTurf uh, right wing is like I've, I was I literally went to a bunch of Tea Party meetings in 2007 to pro, like literally talking about impeaching George Bush. Yeah. That's what that that's what that movement started as is how the fuck do we get George Bush out of office? And, and but I, but of course, the movement was completely taken over. Oh, God, I, like, I literally watched it get taken. Same thing, fucking thing that happened with Sync, man, or any of these, any of this shit. You literally, it's like, here's here's what we're all, here's, like, why we're hanging out together. These are our ideals. This is what we're, our goals are. And then suddenly it's like, wow, everyone's talking like a right-wing Nazi. All of a sudden, oh, you're going with them? Oh, that's, oh, now this thing is that? That's funny, because that wasn't why I fucking signed up. So, um.
3: Wouldn't um, you take over
1: Sync? Apparently I did, yeah. I forgot about that, sorry. Secret Nazi.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's a big... Like, I have zero hope for any kind of united movement. Unfortunately, the media, it's just so... That's where I stand on that. And I do think that any kind of movement that one joins, I mean, you almost have to, like, disavow the nasty parts of it. Even, like, Biden voters. Like, look, I disavow Biden. This is a fucking thug he's a fucking wolf and a thug. And a right, racist. say it. Say I
1: gotta vote for him, but yes, but just say, just, but say just say out loud, yes, he's a fucking thug, corrupt, racist, I mean, racist, rapist, horrible fucking person responsible for the goddamn Patriot Act, fucking crime bill, terrible fucking, bill. yeah, terrible fucking person, Florida. terrible politician, lots of blood on his hands, just fucking say it out loud. Yeah, and then, I, mean, I don't think. He's, yeah, wait. Say,
0: is, is, is that Joe?
2: Yeah, Joe is a politician. Yeah, he's a politician.
1: What
0: do you want? I want this kind of George Carlin style. Um, I don't consent anymore. I think that's the most powerful thing: is to stop voting altogether. Did, did you know that book? Seeing the guy blindness, Jose Sardamajo or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And then seeing was the follow-up and the plot of that one is they stop voting. And that's only once they collectively stop voting does the government roll out the army on the people. That's when it becomes like a hardcore police state.
1: Right, because they're like, oh, they're not falling for it anymore.
0: Exactly. But just to say...
1: Yeah, I'm, so I am I'm, uh, I'm, I am with you uh, to a certain extent, but it was only this election where I considered the possibility of voting again, and that would have been for Sanders. Again, not because I'm a huge Sanders person, but it was the only principled thing in the, in the conversation. And the, I had this thought, which is my principles are similar of like, I don't consent and I don't want to participate in this process, and I've been of that mindset. But I had this other thought, and I just want to throw – share it with you. SJ, we're out in the woods, and there's this fucking bear or a lion or whatever, fucking a monster, just this fucking like the monster of globalism. One of its heads is Bill Gates. One of its heads is Jeff Bezos. One of its heads is Hillary Clinton – and she's sucking Donald Trump's dick. Whatever. This thing is coming and it's running and it's just eating an entire village and it's chasing you through the forest. And you're running and you can see this giant fucking global machine running you down. Wouldn't you throw anything in its way that you can? <laughs> like, here's a fucking, you know, like, here's a garbage can. Trip over that. I'm going to keep running. Oh, here's a fucking, you know, whatever. Throw something fucking at it. Um, I, I had this thought that was like... You know what? If it just makes it that much, I I can walk, I can go down to the fucking voting booth and pull a thing for fucking Bernie Sanders and say, well, at least that's one. Fu- Let's make it a little harder for you to pretend like this isn't a conversation. Let me let me at least make you fucking. That you have to, you have to have a a diebold machine that changes my vote. Let me make sure that you have to do this sort of action, and. I I go back and forth on that, but that was a thought that I had in this past year of like, yeah, I don't know. Not a fully fledged thought, but I just wanted to throw that out there of like, what is, (laughs) I don't know.
3: I'll build on it. I'll build on it. Well, actually, I'll build on with a question. So would you say that the never ending snowballing towards international global power this monster that you just described. Is it moving forward by the consent of people who want to be governed by the state? Or is it moving forward by people who are blind to the corporate power that will one day rule over them?
1: If you're asking my opinion, I think the bigger threat is the is the corporate Entity. I mean, they're, they're, they're essentially they're, the, the, the politicians are owned by the corporations. So the politicians are just, uh, they're a, a limb of the tree, the corporation, the corporate powers are probably the roots of that tree. Gotcha. That, that's, that's, my, that's just my read of the global situation. But Gotcha.
0: I guess, Alan, I just want to say about the bear. I totally agree, like, stop the bear, but it's just a question of effective tactics. Like, I, I actually really think that the voting, that act, is actually um, going to make the bear get you quicker. So that, that's all. I just, I, I don't, like, and that we can, disagree. reasonable people can disagree about that, but I think even, no, I though, mean, like, yeah.
1: Yeah, that
0: three hours waiting in line would be better spent, like, getting leaflets and handing them out to everybody totally, just walking yes. up to voting. And, like, like, so I'm interested in direct like more direct action, if so I was, you and I don't feel do much of that, but yeah.
1: I just want to clarify yeah. again, I, I think for me, it would have been worth pulling the lever for Sanders. It's not, I'm not going to pull a lever for Biden or Trump or anything like that. I don't feel like that has any effect on the bear. But I think Sanders would have been a, 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 a speed bump or something. But
0: the Supreme Court, what about that? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just, sorry,
1: right, sorry. Right. I, I just,
3: well, I to... just, for, just for the sake of uh, relevant conversations, so my favorite slant on the whole thing, when you're wading through the what tiny lever can I pull to throw a stick at this monster, my favorite arguments have been in the realm of moral philosophy and that's basically to teach your children moral philosophy and to not bow to tyrants is... Uh, And to be well-developed individuals is is the best anecdote to global government-sponsored or corporate-sponsored tyranny. And um, whenever it seems like there's a loss of direction as far as how to exercise our own power against these global juggernauts, I like the notion that the best and most effective thing you can do is to have an extremely deep and profound impact on your family and your children in this regard, more specifically your children. And it's like, as we're moving from decade to decade, like floundering in these false start revolutions that just go nowhere or, or movements, and we're wondering, like, how do we stop this thing in its tracks? There is a big growing sentiment that you don't stop it in its tracks. You, you go home and you close your doors and you teach your children, um, you know, not to, not to bow to tyrants and, and to be morally good people, uh, which predominantly means to, not steal other people's shit and to, you know, subscribe to both the non-aggression principle and uh, personal property rights. And with a large enough group of people that adhere to these principles, there will be a tipping point where there will be no consent to either corporate corporate or government sponsored tyranny because enough people just won't speak that language because they've been taught by their parents how to deal with it and how to deal with it and how to think about it is not a trivial matter. its I've heard it described as a language and like a language, you can't learn it later in life because then it's a second language that you don't speak fluently. It's something you have to grow up in. And, you know, I've come to really embrace that as as a solution, especially because as far as actionable item goes, there's nothing more actionable than that, that you can really influence your own children um and also i like it because i think we all sense the futile nature of like the the revolutions and you know the movements that we would like to be a part of and how they get hijacked at some point or another and so, that's all i have to say
0: so i had a question for you because like i'm curious um about your um education like like even in like grade one through maybe 12 or just any of part of that process for you? Can you point to like certain teachers or certain styles of teaching or certain curriculum that you think foster that in you? And I ask you this because like having taught in China and been living in China, like a lot of that's removed from their curriculum. Like they take away some of the built-in parts of an educational curriculum that would foster maybe free thinking or something like this.
3: Yeah, I mean that's so integral to their culture there. Uh I mean I, you might not know this. I grew up in China. Um I come oh. from Chinese Yeah, I grew up in Beijing. I come from a Chinese household actually. My half my family's Chinese, so Oh wow. You know, the, the, yeah, the cultural norms um that are I mean, they're not really cultural. I mean, they seem to be almost inherent to the the personality differences that exist in Asians. Um I mean, I've certainly seen this in my own family, you know, my sister, and my mom, all my relatives and all my friends growing up. There is a, a slant towards collectivism that comes from their temperament. Um, and I think that being exposed to that, I mean, I personally was aware of it, but it didn't really contribute to any of my political beliefs. I just kind of randomly, and I guess what I consider, luckily have arrived where I am today with what I just said. So I don't know if I don't know if growing up in China opened my eyes to that as much as it just did expose me to different things that allowed me to be open minded. You are absolutely right. <laughs> the stress on the collective in China is really overwhelming. We can't really understand it in America. Um, they, they don't. They don't have a debate between. To a large degree they, they just don 't relative to america they don 't have a debate between collective versus individual rights it 's a matter of like of course it's it 's the collective it 's the state it 's the nation above above the individual to the extent that force um, like aggressive force and confiscation of personal properties is is just part of the game and it 's okay obviously it 's tragic when it happens to you or your family, and it 's something that they they grieve and lament but as far as their, their moral philosophy goes, there's no real strict opposition to it.
1: But could not the Um, same be said for the West of like the, the rules of capitalism, if you, you know, Oh, sorry, it it didn't work out for you guys. You took, you know, you tried to open this business and something, Oh, you know, uh, Dennis's parents' farm, you know, if, that gets taken over. Oh, he had to sell out. It's a shame. You know, it's sort of like really wish he could have been strong enough to weather that storm. But obviously he wasn't. And those are the rules of the game. It's, it's a tragedy that it happened to someone you know and care about. But it's still for the greater good. Is that not, you know, part of our culture as well?
3: Oh, yeah, I would definitely agree it is. Um, I, I would say the, the fundamental difference has to do with um, uh, volunteerism and the use of force and that I think it, it's inherent in the idea of the, 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 authority of the collective over the individual in collectivist societies rests on, on the fundamental that the collective has the ability to use force against the individual. And in instances like the tragic case of someone losing a farm or losing their property because of financial hardship or whatever reason, so long as it doesn't fall on a fundamental physical assault against them, I think that still aligns properly with the non-aggression principle, which itself is tied to personal property rights, which is that anything is yours, and that nobody can use force against you to to take it. So I, here, I do think it's so. Still just give, uh,
1: so I'm I think again like philosophically I'm with you, but I just want to say there's it's so easy to pervert that because you look at say. Um, all the cases that were like Monsanto would say, oh, you didn't plant Monsanto corn in your field, but a few kernels might have blown over into your field. We tested it. Those are our copyrighted. We're suing you for millions of dollars, all this sort of situation where it's like they're using the principle of property rights to actually be a form of initiating force and aggression theft, all those sorts of things. So I just want to say like there, I, I, philosophically, I'm with you. I'm just, yeah. Um, I'm very, and again, like they've got million dollar lawyers and the general statement, I mean, there's been so many documentaries and, and exposés about these corrupt policies. And I, I guess my point was the general reaction is, isn't that such a shame? But, you know, that's our system. And that I, I was trying to make more of the comparison to say like, you said about uh if the state seizes it it's you know it's a tragedy but that's how it is i think right. that is still unfortunately very much uh it's a, maybe it's a more universal principle maybe it's not just capitalism versus communism or anything like that but just uh maybe it's just sort of how we how we behave i don't know totally i'm well oh i'm sorry yeah go ahead
0: no i just wanted to add here just quickly joe because this this is what i was like my students their curriculum uh, the Chinese government just gives them like books that are edited, like pretty regularly. <laughs> you probably yeah, this know this, and it's like. And I had asked my students, I would like, so do you have you read a novel before? You know, and they're like, "What's first of all, they don't really know what that is, and they, and maybe some of it's a language barrier, but then basically, I was found out it's excerpts that are government approved. They go into these like textbooks, and so it would when I grew up and I grew up in Texas, I grew up in Texas public schools in the eighties and nineties. And, um, you know, one thing I I look back on, like, and realizing that I value is like, I had teachers who would read a text and say, right, what does it mean to you? Like, do you agree with this? Like you need to make an argument for a new idea. Like there was debate about ideas and it was actually encouraged to disagree. And in China that's absent. I mean, there's, I mean, it was completely absent from the curriculum and from the spirit of how the teaching went down that um and it and, and like just to speak to this monsanto example like my sense from living in china for a year in guangdong i was in guangdong so i wasn't in northern china but um alan what it would be like would be more like instead of monsanto where you could even there would be like a state-owned company and Monsanto might be somewhat, you know, it's definitely got connections to the state, but this would be like a Chinese government invested company. And there wouldn't even be a question of like, you couldn't even say this is bad. Or at least in America, I can go to the Internet and there's all these anti, anti-Monsanto groups and there's organizing against it. Like you wouldn't get any of that in China. From my experience. Sure, I understand that just, totally, yeah. You just get the CCTV, and you just say, "I agree, this is what they do." And, and people would literally just parrot what they're told about what's happening. And I don't mean to be harsh on Chinese,
1: okay? I didn't. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, twenty years Go ago, I twenty years ago I worked with a man that was uh, had come from Russia, and we had a come. It was like so. It was I guess probably was during the Bush years, uh, maybe like like you know post nine eleven or something like that. And he was just like laughing at anything I said. He's like, "The only difference is that like." You guys think you're free. We know that we're not. Like, he's like, you know, like, you're not telling me anything I don't fucking know, dude. Like, yeah, it's all corrupt. He's like, the only difference is it's a shock to you and it's not to us. Right.
2: right.
1: But, uh, sorry, you're saying your point of that you, it, they're, the, the the tangible difference being um, where you literally can't even protest or you literally can't even have a... Access to that information, I think, is is, is huge, and one of the reasons to discourage those movements here in the United States and um, or, or, or anywhere, you know, in, in Israel and in France and anywhere. Um,
0: well, just really yeah,
3: to I'm that not that I don't idea be, like. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, go
0: ahead. just quick one word thought, Joe. I don't want to be too hard on the Chinese because I agree with what you're saying. Like, it is it's a whole different worldview that has a rich history of. 5,000 years or 10,000 years. And it apparently it has to do with like the rice fields and, and kind of the collective feature of the agriculture. So I, I was acutely aware of being there that like, okay, I don't quite understand this. It's so different than anything I know. And I learned to basically respect it and give sort of deference to it in a way where it's not just like the big bad Chinese or stupid fucking collectivists. You know what I'm saying? Just want really <laughs> to be clear if anybody listening, It's much more complicated than that.
3: Yeah, for sure. Well, I think one thing that's lost on a lot of, I don't say lost, uh, you know, one thing that I think people in the West take for granted is the uniqueness of the movement of individual liberties and how China might have this reputation as this collectivist nation. But the truth is that collectivism is the norm, even today in the world and throughout history. I mean, we individual liberties are are the anomaly and even in places like america where that's what we celebrate it's still the anomaly and you know when we you know you talk about monsanto and how they are able to conduct all this injustice that the general sentiment is oh that's such a tragedy and it's like yeah i mean america is still a place where the use of force is uh is the dominant feature in our lives because that's you know, that's what government is fundamentally, it's just a monopoly on force. And so yeah, companies like Monsanto are able to, I mean, the only reason they're able to do what they do is because they have lobbyists in Washington. And there are laws that are passed and enforced at the point of a gun against, you know, whatever innocent people are, are losing their crops or farms or live, you know, livelihoods to Monsanto, it, it all comes back to the the use of violence that comes from the government. And so I'm just saying that, like, you know, yeah, we can look at China and their collectivism and the use of force by their government, but, I mean, we're still drowning in it in America despite the rich history that we have in the last few hundred years of the movements for individual liberty. So it, this Leviathan is like, I mean, it's it's consistent throughout human history, and the, the tiny, tiny, bright spark of individual liberty that just shone for a little bit is like... Um, I mean, it might be the most sacred thing that humans have ever stumbled upon, in my opinion. And so that's why I just want to jump back to, like, how do you fight this monster? It's like, well, the way that you fight it is to protect that idea, because the idea is the valuable resource here. The idea is something so sacred and so original. And what it's produced has been, like, space-age shit. And so the idea is just go home and teach your children what that idea was, because someday it it could be lost. And if it's lost, it could take thousands of years for it to come back or to hit a tipping point where it has any impact. And to me, that's how you fight the machine is you go home. And and like I said, your kids need to be fluent in it. Like they can't learn it when they're 30 years old. Like, oh, I need to be a well-developed individual to resist the effects of tyranny. It's like the nuances that go into that are profound.
1: So can yeah. I counter that? You said you can't learn it when you're 30. For sure, yeah. Um, well, well, no, just to say, I feel like, well, so there probably is some, some serious truth to that in that when nine eleven truth happened, it was mostly a younger movement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. So maybe it is when you're still, you're not as set into your ways. Um, but I was gonna say using that as an example, I mean, I feel like, that coming out of the sort of nine eleven days, the spell that was cast over me was very powerful. And I was in my early 20s. It's not quite 30, but to say I was raised in... I think these are ideals that are, have, are celebrated at, at, as Americans, but they're always just like... It's the difference between the signifier and the signified, right? So we say, I'm so glad to be free and thank God. Remember, yeah, everyone used to be like, it's a free country. Say whatever you want. Go ahead, it's a free country. You know, I haven't heard that phrase in 20 years because um, it's not anymore. Um, so there was a sort of idealized thing, but I don't think I actually had to face the reality of what that meant from a personal liberty standpoint until- till after 9-11, my like coming out of that, it took something to shake me fully out of the spell. Um, and I, so I just want to throw out there, I, I, w- I don't want to write people off of saying that it couldn't happen. I wonder if, um, or I'm very, trying to remain hopeful that someone who's 70 years old could today see through the bullshit and be like, oh, oh, oh okay. Um, I just want to throw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just I want do. to,
3: well, just to give a personal piece, lend a personal slant to it, I've written everybody off. I think, um, you know, I've the extent to which I can hear people discuss personal liberty and still be unable to identify the instances of the initiation of force in their lives or in the lives of those people that they claim they love, you know, it's, it's infinite. It's like, it's a very deep dark like web of magic that I believe if your eyes aren't open to it when you're very young, that it's like, of course, not every single person, but you know, it's nearly impossible to get out of it. Like, you know, having discussions like this with my family members, for example, where I try to explain to them, you know, there are entities in this world that are using the government as a proxy to steal from people that you love and if your loved ones don't comply they you know they come with guns and metaphorically point them to their heads and it would come to that if it needed to but it never does because you understand the looming threat and you know i can't get intelligent people to understand that their loved ones are being threatened in this way
1: yeah the threat is implied uh, so you keep complying with the bullshit absolutely the threat the threat is always implied
3: the threat is implied and um it's not like this proxy threat is some peripheral existing, you know, this is the forefront central foundation of like our lives is, you know, the largest thing that we will ever interact with is it's starting to become an Amazon or, you know, but the largest thing that we interact with is the government and to think that what the government is fundamentally, it's a gun it's a gun, it has no resources it has no means of acquiring resources except stealing them and it's like, wait a second, that is that's the entity on the tip of everybody's tongue all the time like, we can even be on a sync podcast and 80% of it's talking politics, you know, we can watch an episode of Seinfeld and you can't get through without something political coming up it's like, wait, the giant entity at the center of all our lives is just a violent uh, monopolization on force that aggresses against every single person it interacts with, and this is at the center of human civilization. It's like, uh, despite the tiny spark of the philosophies of human liberty that have emerged recently in, in human existence, we're still completely in the dark ages as far as um, you know being being liberated from tyranny, um, and I. I trust that it's an essential part of the process of, you know, human consciousness and development, because for all of our history, we were oppressed by the tyranny of nature. You know, the, you know, there's, there's no arguing with the the forces of nature. And so we developed that relationship with Mm -hmm. nature, with our masters. And then, you know, when you, know how to have relationships in a certain way that's how you build your other relationships and then you know then those relationships move into our families and then, then then with our communities and then with our our governments and so we're still in in this cycle where it's all the initiation of force everywhere in our lives it's all it's all implied don't know the same